Hello again, everybody, and welcome to another The Last Word segment. I'm Dan Roberts, the publisher of The Vegas Voice, and our job is to introduce you to all the wonderful people who have decided to run for elected office in the coming years. We have one such very good person today, and that is Stavros Anthony, and he is a candidate for the position of lieutenant governor. Mr. Anthony, I thank you so much for being here. Well, thanks for having me, Dan. It's great to be here to talk to your audience. Let's start with your background. I, I, your name is out there, so it's not like you, nobody knows who you are, but why don't you describe a little bit about your experience and your background? Well, um, in, in 1980, I decided to, to move out here to Las Vegas to join the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department and be a police officer. And I drove out here in a Chevy Chevette and had $200 in my pocket and uh, went through the academy and field training. Had a wonderful 29 years at Metro, uh, retired as a captain about 12 years ago. Um, I've served um, uh, two terms on the Nevada System of Higher Education Board of Regents. Uh, I've always just decided education is a big deal for me. So I went to uh, uh, UNLV and got my master's degree. I went back to UNLV, got my PhD in sociology. I'm a graduate of the FBI National Academy and the Southern Police Institute uh, Law Enforcement Leadership Program. And uh, 12 years ago, I decided to run for the Las Vegas City Council. And uh, there were five of us ended up winning. And that's when I retired from Metro. And I've had a great 12 years on the uh, uh, the Las Vegas City Council, just representing folks in the city of Las Vegas, representing Ward 4. Mm -hmm. And I'm currently the mayor pro tem for the city of Las Vegas with uh, Carolyn Goodman. And uh, I've, uh, I've decided that this is a great opportunity for me to continue my uh, public service. That's all I've ever done. Right. Uh, that's what I know. I know how to make policy and, and be strategic. And, and uh, I've decided to run for the lieutenant governor for the great state of Nevada. I, again, I think that's great. But, you know, one of the questions that a lot of people have asked me is, oh, there is a job as lieutenant governor. I know that uh, Kate Marshall had the position and uh, it's now vacated because she's working for the Biden administration. The lieutenant governor's job basically does what? Assuming the governor's OK. Right. So, OK. So then what do you do? Uh, well, that's that's interesting that you bring that up because for some reason the uh, lieutenant governor position has always been kind of under the radar screen. A lot of people ask me what the lieutenant governor position is responsible for, and uh, I'm going to change that. When I'm the lieutenant governor, I'm going to be very, very active going out there. And really what I've always done is going out into the community, listening to people, and finding out what's important to them. So when it comes to the lieutenant governor position, obviously you mentioned uh, the, the big one is this the second highest constitutional mm -hmm. position in Nevada. And if uh, something happens to the governor or the governor's out of, out of, out of state, see. then I would be the governor and, and uh, I, I would be uh, very honored to be in that position and, and very capable of it. But the day-to-day -day operation, the lieutenant governor really has three responsibilities. Uh, number one is... Uh, economic development, tourism, and uh, economic diversification. So uh, what I've been doing on the last 12 years on the city council, and it's one of our strategic goals, is economic development. So I'm going to make sure that I'm supporting small businesses, that I'm going to make sure that we work very hard to reduce fines and fees and licensing and taxes, because I want small businesses to open and grow and prosper. Um, 
And that's going to be one of my top priorities because that's what Lieutenant Governor does. The second is uh, the Lieutenant Governor does have Homeland Security responsibilities. Oh, he does. Okay. Yes. So I'm going to use my 29 years of experience uh, at Metro to go around the state and talk to sheriffs and police chiefs and everyone in the criminal justice system to find out what they need from the state to make sure their community is safe. I mean, the last thing I'm going to do is defund anybody. Uh, yeah. Public safety is always number one in the minds of people in this state. So I'm going to make sure that our, our criminal justice system, law enforcement is supported at the state level. And third, the, the, uh, the, uh, the lieutenant governor is the president of the Senate during the legislative session. So mm-hmm. I'm part of the legislative process. So I'm going to make sure that, um, that, uh, that I champion um, important issues that I know are important to the residents of Nevada, and that's uh, things like election integrity, education, uh, things of that nature, uh, making sure that taxes are low. So uh, those are the three things I'll be uh, primarily uh, emphasizing because that is the responsibility of the lieutenant governor. You know, but one of the things that I find pretty amazing is, and based on your background as a police officer, captain, the idea that you might be president, well, president of the of the legislature or the Senate, it seems like everybody hates each other. Democrats hate Republicans, and Republicans hate Democrats. How do, how do you get everyone to talk, especially on the national level? That's one thing, but on the local level, I mean, uh, uh, assuming you win, you're a Republican. Uh, if Sisolak is to become governor again. Is there a conflict between the parties, or can the people work together? You know, that, that's interesting you bring that up, because when I was elected uh, first to the Las Vegas City Council, I was the first Republican elected in about 15 years. So it was, uh, it was me as the Republican and, and, right. and six Democrats. And Oscar Goodman was kind of uh, independent. He would kind of float around a little bit, right. and I love the guy. But um, And so there was a lot of six-to-one votes. I know I was voting against a lot of things, and... I'll give uh, Mayor Oscar Goodman credit. He came up to me and said, listen, you know, I don't, I don't like that you're voting against a lot of my projects, but you are very professional about it. And you listen and you don't uh, talk bad about anything, anybody. You just stick, strictly deal with your policy um, alignment and what you believe is right and wrong. And he really appreciated that. And today we have three Republicans on the city council, three right. Democrats and Carolyn Goodman. And uh, uh, we get along because we don't make anything derogatory. We don't attack each other. We uh, maybe attack policy and what we believe in, but we never attack people. And that's always been my philosophy is I never attack anyone. Um, I just uh, maybe disagree with, uh, obviously, I disagree with what they have to say. And I'm not scared to tell people why Mm -hmm. and why I believe in conservative values. And that's what I'm going to push. But I don't believe in attacking anyone. And I've I've been able to get along with a lot of people because of that philosophy. And again, hopefully, when you become lieutenant governor, you think you can still carry that on? Or as the higher you move up in in office, the more people in tribalism. I mean, right. Can you, you think you, you can get along with people? You think you can work with them based on your history and everything? Yes, because I've been doing that for 40 years, and I, I'm going to continue doing that. And, and uh, uh, if I'm in the legislature and somebody says something that I disagree with, I will disagree with them, but I'll do it respectfully and professionally, and I won't ta- attack the person. And people appreciate that. They, yeah. if, if we get into a situation where we're having um, dialogue with each other without attacking each other, I think we're in a much better position that way. And uh, again, the, the thing that surprises me is that I know for 
no question you're a man of integrity. Thank you, you care about the community. I, I, there's no question about that. And yet I wonder after you, what you went through with the last city council race with uh, Ross Miller and coming so close that it's just agonizingly close. Right. Do, do you still want to get involved with on the public side in terms of uh, working? Or have you said, look, enough of this already? Has it ever crossed your mind and said, look, I'm done? Well, the uh, um, as you mentioned, um, I, I recently ran for the Clark County Commission, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it was uh, the election was stolen from me. The election was rigged. I mean, the the Democrat Party in the last legislature passed procedures involving elections that rigged the election, uh, all mail in ballots, um, ballot harvesting, which uh, two years ago was a felony. You could go to prison for ballot harvesting. Uh, no voter ID when you vote, automatic registration at DMV, all these and, and many others, all these were put in place by the Democrat legislative legislature, in my opinion, in order to rig the election. And that's what they're used for. There's no real reason to have those in place. Um, so when I ended up losing by 10 votes, what happened was when I w- woke up on election day, I was up. 1,700 votes. Oh, my. And that should have been the end of it. Yeah. Uh, that's historically how it's done. But for the next 10 days, which we have never done before, we had we counted mail-in ballots. Mm-hmm. And every single day I went backwards on mail-in ballots because mail-in ballots, uh, all um, uh, an entire mail-in ballot election is used to cheat. That's what it's for. I mean, President Carter said that. So I ended up losing by 10 votes. And then to top it off, which made it even worse, um, the election director went to the Clark County Commission when, in order to approve, this, sure. in order to approve all the elections in Clark County. Right. And he said, uh, everything's good in every single election in Clark County, except for Stavros Anthony's election. He said, I had, it's a 10 vote discrepancy, but I have 139 problem ballots. I don't know who they voted for. And I recommend to you, according to NRS, is that you hold a special election. Correct. And uh, to the credit of the Clark County Commission, they voted immediately to hold a special election, six to one. Mm-hmm. But the Democratic Party came down on top of those those uh, Clark County commissioners, and two weeks later, they completely changed their vote for no reason, gave no reason, and 7-0, they approved the election. And that is that is stealing my particular election, because all we wanted and all the residents of District C wanted was mm-hmm. a special election to decide who won. And they didn't do that. But, you know, Dan, um, um, I move on. You move on. It's I done. Mean, yeah. And I want to continue my public service. And I've decided that lieutenant governor position is really the b- best place for me to listen to the residents in Nevada represent the residents in Nevada and get things done that's important to them. Uh, you know, and with the few minutes that we have left. Again, the Vegas Voice is a primarily a senior publication, over 50. You're way too young to read it. I know that. But for our readers, they should vote for you for lieutenant governor because. Well, um, that it, I'm, I'm glad you, you started <laughs> off that way, but I just uh, signed up for Medicare. So I'm a, I'm a, I should be getting my Medicare card in, yeah. uh, in the mail in the next couple of weeks. Uh, but, you, you know, on the Las Vegas City Council in Ward 4, I represent Sun City Summerlin, mm-hmm. which is... Uh, an over 55 community, there's 12,000 homes, or 12,000 residents, about 8,000 homes. And the great thing about representing a senior citizen community is that you get to talk to people that have long-term real life experiences. And uh, 
I love to listen to what they have to say and uh, what they think should be done at, at a city level or state level. And, uh, you know, the, the first thing that I heard when I was campaigning, when I got elected, was we want a fire station in Sun City, Summerlin, not because houses were burning, but because they, they need a quicker response to medical. Mm-hmm. In two years, we built Fire Station 107. Um, I heard uh, from the community that they wanted outdoor pickleball courts. And the right, yeah. first thing I asked was, what's up with pickleball? What's pickleball? Yeah. I built the first outdoor public use pickleball facility in the state of Nevada in Ward 4 because I listened to what they had to say. And uh, I've been in that community representing, uh, you know, veterans, recognizing veterans, going all the way back to World War II, uh, listening what they have to say when it comes to transportation. So um, that, that's really what I find is important is when it comes to, especially to senior citizens, you have to listen to their life experiences because you can get some real things, great things done in the community. You know, and if people want more information about you, they want to volunteer or sign up. How, is there a website somewhere where we can get a hold of you? People can get a hold and contact you. Well, uh, we're working on a website yeah. right now. It, it eventually will be uh, www.stavros4fornevada. Uh, it should be up, up and running in the next couple of weeks. I give everybody my personal cell phone, 702-812-0123. You can call me on that. And my email address is stavrosanthony. Uh, at gmail.com, S-T-A-V-R-O-S, Anthony, at gmail.com. And uh, anybody that wants to talk to me about the lieutenant governor position or wants to uh, help volunteer or make a campaign contribution, uh, contact me in one of those three venues, and I would very much appreciate your support. I thank you so much for being here. We wish you all the best. Thank you. And this is Dan Roberts for the last word saying we will see you again next time.